Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the listeners. We pray that they will share this ministry with their friends, their family, their loved ones, and the unsaved. We claim victory over arthritis. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of Jesus, amen. We continue our series on the names of Jesus Christ, and I encourage you to grab a pen and paper to write the scriptures that apply to these names and use them in your prayer life. Jesus is called the wisdom of God in 1 Corinthians 1.24, as well as the power of God. I believe you can use both of these names in your prayer life, praying for something, then finishing with, in the name of Jesus, the power of God. Jesus called himself one greater than Solomon in Matthew 12.42 and Luke 11.31. Solomon was the richest, wisest king who ever lived, and Jesus was telling the religious leaders that he is greater. Isaiah 9.6 contains several names of Jesus, but more importantly, the names indicate his character. The verse reads, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Folks, let's take a closer look at these five names. All of the wonderful miracles Jesus did were simply amazing. Do you think the widow from the city of Nain was amazed when her son was raised from the dead? How do you think Mary and Martha felt when their brother, Lazarus, was raised from the dead? Or how about the lepers who faced a lifetime of being excommunicated until Jesus came along? Do you think they thought he was wonderful? How about the blind who received their sight? Or the deaf who could hear again? What about the lame who were able to walk again? My friends, I was amazed the first time I wore contacts. I soon found out how much I was missing. I could see individual leaves on the trees, and I could see raindrops. I knew who people were by their faces afar off. I was so happy to be able to see clearly. Now just imagine if you were blind and could now see everything. That's how wonderful he is. As our counselor, Jesus has our best interest even when we don't think he does. When we are in right relationship with him, we will trust him with our daily lives. I hear from people who question why God would allow them to make that bad choice. My response is always, did you talk to Jesus before you made that decision? Or I'll say, did God tell you to do that or did you tell you to do that? My Christian companions, I'm just as guilty when it comes to the little things that end up being much bigger. I had a doctor's appointment and the choice of taking two different routes. I didn't listen to my counselor, and the 30-minute trip took an hour due to road construction. I'm telling you, he wants to advise you on everything. You just have to listen and obey. Jesus is the mighty God. Think about this one, folks. He created a universe so vast that light from a star billions of miles away is just now reaching us. And yet, he knows how many hairs you have on your head. Now that's praiseworthy. Jesus is the everlasting Father. He is the Creator, but He is not the Father in the Trinity. He is the Prince of Peace. My Christian comrades, we were enemies of God, doomed to pay for our sins, 
and receiving the wrath of God that we deserved. If we can't praise him for anything else, we need to praise him for bringing peace. Not only bringing peace, but continuing to be our mediator. Daniel says he is one like a son of man in Daniel 7 verses 13 and 14. Son of is a Hebrew idiom that denotes one who shares in something or who is worthy of it. Jesus refers to himself as son of man in the Gospels as the earthly son of man, the suffering son of man, the apocalyptic son of man, the heavenly son of man, the life-giving son of man, and the glorified son of man. These titles make his role as son of man all-encompassing. In John 19 and 5, Pilate presents a humiliated Jesus with a crown of thorns on his head, a purple robe, with blood and spit all over him. Pilate says, Behold, the man. 1 Timothy 2 and 5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. My friends, in case you didn't know, Jesus is the man. He is fully God and he is fully man. He is the man of sorrows in Isaiah 53 and 3. He is the seed of a woman in Genesis 3 and 15. This is called the proto-evangelism or first gospel. It is God's announcement that although Satan will be able to wound Jesus, ultimately Jesus would deliver the fatal blow to Satan. The seed of a woman was also a hint to the virgin birth and that Jesus would come through a woman, not a man. Jesus is the seed in Galatians 3, 16 and 19. And he is the seed of Abraham in Hebrews 2 and 16. Folks, when God promised Abraham that in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in Genesis 22 and 18, he was not talking about all of the descendants, but one in particular, Jesus Christ. He is the last Adam in 1 Corinthians 15, 45. My friends, we have a physical body like the first Adam, but believers will also inherit another body, a spiritual body. The first Adam's body will return to dust, while our last Adam's body will be a resurrected body. This body is a life-giving spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 47 says, The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. 1 John 2 and 1 calls Jesus the advocate with the Father. My Christian friends, we have a lawyer who will stand up for us as our accuser, Satan, brings sin charges against us on a daily basis. Although we are guilty as charged, we are found not guilty because our advocate has paid the price for our guilt with his blood. We are then declared not guilty. In addition to being the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9 and 6, he is also the Lord of Peace in 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Here is how Paul's blessing of peace reads. Now may the Lord of Peace himself give you peace always, by all means, the Lord be with you all. Jesus is the consolation of Israel in Luke 2.25, or the comfort of Israel. In 1 Timothy 1 and 1, he is called our hope. My Christian companions, our hope is the joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. It is why we as believers put our trust in him. Now here's a title that you may not have considered found in Hebrews 3 and 1. He is our apostle. The word apostle translates messenger. God sent Jesus with a message, and that is, he loves us. 
Listen to what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 9 and 15. Thanks be to God for the indescribable gift. Whatever form of thanks you can create, you need to bring it. We should be so happy about receiving God's gift that we should tell others. But Jesus didn't just come as a gift. He brought a gift. He brought salvation, free of charge. Unfortunately, there are those who will not accept his free gift. They believe that you have to work for salvation, and there is no way you could be free. But I'm here to tell you, yes, it is free. Salvation has already been paid for at the cross. All you have to do is accept his free gift. If you'd like to accept this free gift, pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for your gift, and I will accept it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. This ministry is supported by friends like you. If you'd like to donate to us, go to greatministries.org and click on the Donate button. Or you may write to us at P.O. Box 1654, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048, or call us at 678-693-2204. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.